You have just discovered your husband's pornography addiction or the other woman or woman, and your safe world or life as you know it has shattered and come crashing down. We want to provide you with some essential truths and tips or strategies for coping with this sudden devastation and also talk about what you can expect of yourself in the moments and days immediately following betrayal. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for, even when recovering from something as devastating as betrayal. This is episode number 209, and today I'm going to be interviewing Sharon Snooks. Sharon is an associate therapist here at Only You Forever. She's a registered social service worker in Ontario, Canada, and Sharon has a real passion working with clients who are recovering from trauma. And of course, betrayal is one form of trauma. So I will often refer betrayed wives to Sharon and her work with them has been very much appreciated. So today Sharon is going to share five things betrayed wives need to know when they're confronted with the very real, very raw emotions and the profound impact of betrayal. And once again, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how your theology impacts your sexuality. That's worth going back and checking out. Also, do make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And remember, if you're struggling with your marriage We offer sound research-based advice. Most of all, we offer hope, even in moments like this. Today, uh, again, we are giving Verlinda the day off. She is continuing to recover from the pneumonia and is getting a little stronger every day. I'm really hoping she'll be back with us for next week's episode. So without further ado, let's turn to the discussion with Sharon. So Sharon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Caleb. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So I thought maybe we'll just jump in by setting the stage a little bit. We are speaking mainly to wives in this show, although some of this no doubt could be translated to betrayed husbands as well. And and just, you know, to wives that have been have really just discovered their husband's betrayal, maybe feel like they're staggering under the shock and and feeling like their world has been shattered. So Sharon, maybe just give us a quick overview of what you're gonna cover here today and then let's dive in. Okay, sounds good, Caleb. Just, I guess the most important thing would be wanting to normalize your experience and knowing what you can expect from yourself. Also to provide some strategies for knowing what you can expect, but then also what the next steps would be. Okay. In basically beginning your journey towards healing. Sure. Yes, that's kind of where I'm looking at going. Okay, so that sounds good. I was thinking too, let's just touch on betrayal and trauma. So it's kind of a funny thing. And I know even for myself as a therapist, it was a it was a dull moment, but it, it didn't come until I'd been doing this work for a while where I realized, you know what, like a betrayal can actually be traumatic. Mm-hmm. And so just, I mean, you've been working quite a bit with trauma, Sharon. How is it that a betrayal can be a traumatic experience? The first word that comes to my mind is it's sudden, uh, usually. Right. So that, and your life is going along as normal and suddenly there's a discovery. There's Uh, a discovery, yeah. 
and turns your world upside down. And it's a day that will be marked by before the discovery and after the discovery. So life as you knew it before. And then there's a new knowledge. And even the husband, the partner, what you knew of him is no longer true. Or some, maybe some of what you knew is no longer true. Yes. It does. It, And that's part of actually the tricky, one of the tricky aspects of it is it shatters your whole image of the person. And it takes a while to realize, okay, there was still parts of him that this was always the case and this is still the case. Yes. But there was this other hidden part, but it does shatter the whole image in a way. I often think too, Sharon, of like, uh, you know, a trauma most commonly gets used in the context of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And most people just sort of understand, you know, the guys that come back from the battlefield and that sense of PTSD and there's a major threat to their life. Well, if you think mm-hmm. about it, like you have life as you define it in your marriage. And then when there's a betrayal, it really, again, it shatters that image. And it's mm-hmm. a real sense of threat to your own safety and what you thought was real and what you thought was trustworthy. Yes. And that that really adds to the trauma too. Yes, it does. And with trauma as well, what defines trauma often is something that's overwhelming and a sense of helplessness and lack of control. Yeah. And those three things encompass yeah. betrayal, trauma. All present in betrayal trauma for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I would say one of my first message, like if I only had, say, two minutes to speak to a betrayed wife, what I would want to say to her is it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And because often that's often a question I'm asked, is it my fault? Is there something I could have done to prevent this? Yeah. And no, there isn't. There's factors, but I would not, not to blame themselves. And another one is they often feel like they're going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common for wise. Why is that, Sharon? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, just because part of that's the trauma reaction. Uh, right. Trauma reaction affects our mind. And so just the trauma reaction itself, regardless of what the trauma is, can cause a person to feel like they're yeah. going crazy. Um, just, and also, yeah, go ahead. Do you mean like her experience of that or how she's expressing herself? Because I, one of the things I have in mind is like you may have like a normally you know, fairly well self-contained person who's now screaming her head off and yelling and swearing and, and, you know, acting out almost in behaviors that she never would have done because she's just so devastated. That's really kind of triggered that fight flight response in her, right? Yes. Yeah, no, that's true. I think part of the crazy comes from that or the sense of crazy because she's another part of her realizes I don't normally act like this. Yeah, that makes sense. And yet the reality is she's not normally betrayed. Exactly. Yeah. So it's that normal reaction to an abnormal circumstance. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And I think the other part of the going crazy sometimes with this betrayal is as they're discovering this betrayal or it's been discovered and they start looking back on the months prior, there could be a history of lies and possibly gaslighting, which is that emotional manipulation of reality. And so you start doubting and questioning things that your partner told you. And so there's just a lot of cognitive. Yeah. You begin um, to question everything. There's a huge review process almost that it initiates. Yes. Yeah. Do you think... um you know, part of the response is like they just use kind of the vernacular word, like they feel very taken yes. in the sense of, you know, taken for a ride. And then often, you know, I, I hear, you know, how could I, why did I miss it? How could I have been so dumb kind of mm-hmm. comments? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found very helpful there, Sharon, is, is that, you know, it's normal for you to trust your spouse. It's not yes. normal for you to scrutinize your spouse every day as if they're having an affair. Right. So, of course, you're going to feel duped 
and maybe feel dumb that you missed it or or that kind of thing. But it just, if anything, I hope it just kind of validates that you were living a normal life. And that's what people do. That's actually the healthy way to live. It's not healthy to live in a state of hypervigilance of really watching everything. That's right. And I thought I've learned, listened to one of your previous podcasts and there's a word for that when, because what I have noticed is the betrayed partner is wondering, how did I miss that? Yeah. But what you just said is correct as far as you're just, you are trusting your spouse. So you're moving along. But then when you find out knowledge and you look back, you're like, well, how could I have missed that? How could I have missed that? And I thought there was a word for it, but there might be. I'll have to go back and look it up sometime. Yeah. It's not coming to me right now. Yeah. But, and it it can also even be embarrassing yeah. to feel like you've been duped, that you've been had, that you missed it. Yes, that you weren't smart enough to catch it. Yeah. Yeah, really hard to untangle those feelings. Yeah. Sure. So wives, they do need to hear that. It's not your fault. And you really, you know, you couldn't have seen it coming. Because to, to live in a way where you could have seen it coming, I mean, that would be a crazy way to live. Yeah, it would. And not a healthy way to live. No, no. No. Another thing that I have found very helpful in supporting betrayed wives is kind of looking at different trauma symptoms that they could be experiencing. This has helped them just feel normal, normalize their experiences and to validate those. And even for themselves then when we're not in our counseling session, but just in the days moving forward, when they're experiencing those symptoms to validate it for themselves and say, okay, right. I, I knew this would be happening and this right. is okay. So it doesn't frighten them. This is my trauma as opposed to am I losing it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So if we could just review that, sure. uh, I'll just review that. So I already mentioned the shock, overwhelm and feelings of helplessness, but trauma affects us emotionally, physically, behaviorally. And I also added in there spiritually, I wanted to touch on the spiritual component of that. So physically, some of the basics as in it can affect our ability, our sleeping, just not able to sleep. Yes. And also nausea, like the actual trauma feelings of whether it's not able to um, eat and the feelings of nauseousness. Then moving into the emotional trauma symptom of some women, they are so like vocal. And as you mentioned earlier, others go the opposite way and they're numb and then just no feeling at all. Yeah, yeah. And we already talked about embarrassment, grief, feelings of grief um, that may not hit immediately. Okay. But I think it's important to touch on that, that there's a grieving process that will be a part of this. Yeah. And and just kind of in broad strokes there, what are they grieving, Sharon? They would be grieving a few things. Uh, certainly I, the loss of who they thought they were married to, the loss yeah. of this person. Yeah, yeah. The, and like the construct of, of who their, their spouse was, right? Yes. Yeah. And also grieving potentially, at least wondering if they're going to be grieving the loss of relationship. And it's definitely a loss of the relationship they had. As they knew it. Yep. As they knew it. Yeah. And as they, sorry. Yeah, no. As they they thought it was going to unfold. Exactly. Yeah. You realize it's going to change your landscape, right? It is. Yeah. And with the emotional too, then that moves into anxiety as far as how you thought it, your life was going to unfold. This has completely changed that. And there's so much unknown now. How is my life going to unfold? Right. What is my life going to look like now? Are we going to be able to pull this together? Are we going to make it through? Yeah. If it's a major betrayal issue and it's gone to maybe church discipline or maybe it's gone legal. Uh, It could be criminal prosecution, like in in a betrayal involving illegal sexual activity. Mm-hmm. So there could be uh, quite a bit of loss 
associated with that, uh, that would definitely prompt a grief response. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What else on, did you have? And also, um, that actually moves into uh, behavioral because with those emotions uh, and even the embarrassment it could come a withdrawal and withdrawing from even church or mm-hmm. your social community. Often women and understandably are embarrassed and they don't want other people to know. And they also often are feeling like they need to cover for their partner. Mm-hmm. And so, and then withdrawing, then you don't have supports. Yep. And then the, cog- the cognition, thinking, the forgetfulness, um, often your mind is so flooded with right. what's going on. And yeah. so you will notice that you're forgetting things. Yeah. Um, but again, I want to emphasize there's nothing wrong with you. Right. It's what has happened to you. And then these are normal responses. Yes. Yeah, it's the body's normal response to extreme distress or duress. Yeah. And then I think what I just want to touch on with the spiritual component to this, it's not really a traumatic response. It's just more when a person in the Christian community, often you've married like the right person, the one who's right for you. And some have struggled and with feeling maybe possibly betrayed by God or like how would God lead me into this type of relationship? And did I marry the right person? Yeah. And I've had questions. Well, can I even trust God? Yeah. Like the, why did he let this happen to me? Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, whether they can trust themselves anymore. And you and I have talked before about, you know, that gut instinct and Mm -hmm. really a person can still trust themselves. Mm. And I would encourage a betrayed partner to continue to trust their gut instinct. Even though they, quote, missed it, they weren't looking for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And I think to that, Sharon, there's, it's inevitable, though, that having gone through this, you'll have, you'll be wiser and, you know, your spidey sense will be stronger, your intuition towards issues like this in the future. So it, you know, regrettably, but thankfully it will be, you know, you'll be uh, better equipped That's right. to trust yourself, to know, uh, to even sense if, you're, if your spouse is on the track towards recovery, if they haven't gotten past this yet, or That's right. they're still in, the, in an addiction or in an affair or something like that. So, right. Cool. So moving into uh, first steps to begin this healing journey. Okay. Dealing with trauma of any kind is dealing is security and safety and security. Okay. And, Often in a marriage relationship, you've possibly really relied on your husband for that sense of safety and security, and that's been taken away. Okay, right. And for a Christian, God provides us with a sense of safety and security, but again, that often has been challenged. Yeah, Um, it can be. So what an individual can do is what can they do themselves to ensure some safety? So safety is emotional and physical safety. And so we look at some really basic safety as far as often I'll just ask, what makes you feel safe? And so for some, it can be, well, I, the first place when there's been a sexual betrayal is often, you know what, I want, I need to sleep alone. And it may even look like I need my own bedroom. I need my own room. That is going to be my haven, my safe haven. And that's often a beginning place of healing. Right. A place, especially if the partners are going to continue living in the same home. Yeah. But it's a place that she knows that she can retreat to. And it's a boundary, physical boundary that she can retreat to, to feel safe. And then it can also just be 
a warm blanket, tea, like a certain tea, like it can actually just get so practical to like what actually makes you feel safe. Okay. Then also safe people. So looking at who would be even one support person. So those are a few things. And doing this, looking at this starts giving you a sense of control and seeing if you can get some control back. Right. But there are some things that you can do to just establish a little bit of sanity, safety, calmness. Yeah. 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 The other thing, actually, I do want to touch on this when it comes to safe people is when it comes to abuse or betrayal trauma, and sometimes that is uh, related, people often, and I know they're well-meaning, but they often say, well, there's two sides to a story or it takes two to tangle. And that's where I want to go back just for a moment, just emphasize that it's not the betrayed partner's fault. Mm. Her husband is responsible for his behavior. Mm -hmm. So again, when you're looking for safety and in a support person, Mm -hmm. safety is with someone who understands betrayal trauma and doesn't put blame or ask questions that put blame on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Sharon. It's often a mistake to... You know, in a, sometimes in a pastoral setting, it could be a well-meaning uh, spiritual guide or counselor that will say, you know what, okay, well, let's sit you both down and figure out how this affair happened. Exactly. And it's like, well, we actually really need to process the affair and the betrayal trauma from the affair. So, and he needs to understand how he got into the affair and went there and, and to make sense of that himself so that the couple first makes sense of the affair and she's allowed to have her emotions. She's allowed to have her time to heal, to recover, to put things back together. And then after that, you know, when that issue has been taken care of, that, that he has caused from the behavior that he's engaged in, then we'll see, okay, do you guys want to work on your marriage now? Right. Yeah. And separate those out. Yeah. 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 And same thing if a sex addiction just comes out, the addiction has to be addressed first. It's not addressed through couples work. Right. Uh, if it's a financial betrayal, if it's uh, if it's uh, like a substance abuse addiction, so going back to that or something else, mm-hmm. it's that kind of betrayal. Again, those things need to be addressed first. And kind of really the betrayer has a chance to, to do that work and to deal with that before we try to make it a couple's issue because it mm-hmm. shouldn't be made out to be a couple's issue. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And then uh, moving into uh, another thing that often I cover in the first uh, initial time with the betrayed partner is self-care. And that can sound, I I don't know, sometimes it's been a bit of a buzzword um, and it can sound selfish, but it's actually essential for surviving these beginning days and moving forward. And it's as basic when you are experiencing trauma, it is as basic as ensuring that you're eating. Right. And so we often look at that and getting adequate water, making sure you're drinking your water mm. that day. And it has to be intentional because mm-hmm. it, it's so easy to not do that. And eating can be really difficult. So it may even look like doing smoothies and soup, like more easily okay. digestible foods, exercise. So again, just making sure you're setting aside, just going for a walk. Those are really basic, but so important. Yes. And just the importance of routine, uh, and especially even if you have children. Again, basic routine, uh, even if it's just you're going to make sure you make your bed each day. Like if there's just some small things that you keep doing that you did before mm-hmm. the day of discovery mm-hmm. that you keep doing, those simple things can just make you feel like you haven't totally lost all control in your life and even maintain some semblance of normalcy even for mm-hmm. the children. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and not... 
you know, at the same time, lowering your expectations a little bit. Yes. We're going to say, Sharon, like you're not going to be able to do all the things for them that you would normally like to do. But you know what? You can, it's okay to park them in front of the TV for a couple of days, right? Yes. Yeah, Great. definitely. Too, if it needs to be. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't want that to become a pattern for your family. Uh, but, you know, just kind of use the resources that you have available to get through that time and, and still be able to put a little bit of food on the table somehow and, and give them a moment when you're tucking them into bed or, or whatever. That's right. And I'm. Yeah. it's good that you even said that because I know as an idealistic parent, you think, oh, like setting themselves, them in front of the TV for even a week or two. How bad is that? Yeah. But to know that this is temporary. Right. When you're in it, it doesn't feel temporary and it feels like right. that's going to be the rest of your life. Right. But it is temporary. It won't always be as intense as at the start. No. Can, can, and can we just unpack that a little bit more too, Sharon? Um, I know we're, we're pretty much out of time here, so we should wrap up soon. But normally in counseling, like we will tell people not to compartmentalize, not to stuff their emotions. But would mm-hmm. you say it's okay like that during during that initial discovery phase, like it's okay sometimes to just put that thing like mentally in a box and stick it mm-hmm. on the shelf and do what you need to do and know that it'll be there for you to come back to later. Like just, it's okay to disengage and just get through your day. Yes, 100%. That's actually one of my favorite uh, analogies and okay. is you're not suppressing, you're not stuffing, you're choosing to put that emotion or to put those thoughts into that container setting it on the shelf and then you will choose when you're going to pick it back up again right and take the lid off and deal with it right so so for a wife then she could kind of put it in that box and then do kind of you know the three or four things that she knows she wants to do just to keep some semblance of sanity in her life so to speak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she'll be able to come back to that later when she has a little bit of time and that's right with it and keep processing that's yeah. right that can actually be a really helpful coping strategy to do okay to do that. Final thought is it will be moment by moment and it will literally at times be putting one foot in front of the other and doing the next thing. Yeah. And it will say they're not looking too far ahead. Like I know the big questions do come up about where is our marriage going, where we're going to be in a year. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's normal. Just kind of slowing it down and taking it smaller steps for now. Is that? It's essential and it's key to actually surviving it. Okay. Is when you catch yourself doing that, validate. Like that's understandable to do that. But then to actually survive and get through right. is just do the next thing. Right. Right. And then when you feel like you have a bit more space to look a little further ahead, then do that. Yeah. But when the overwhelm comes, then say, okay just doing the next thing. Yeah. It's almost like just narrow your vision down or you're kind of let the tunnel come and just focus on what's right in front of you and, and do mm-hmm. that and kind of one thing at a time, baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Anything else you wanted to add? I think just I have seen others get through this. Uh, it's painful, not taking away from that, but it, they won't always be where they are right now. Right. And they will get through it and there is hope. Yeah. And there is yeah. healing from betrayal as well. Yes. yes, yes. The way you're feeling right now won't always be the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. So good to know. Well, Sharon, this has been very informative. So thank you for that. No doubt also very helpful for our listeners in the middle of something so devastating. It is mm-hmm. awesome in a way to know that there is a resource available, even like this show on the internet. There's other resources as well, but also to know that there are therapists like yourself who have walked with others through astounding challenges like betrayal trauma. So thank you for sharing with us today. It's very, very much appreciated. You're welcome. My pleasure. 
So that was a great discussion with Sharon. If you would like to work with Sharon or learn more about her professional background, check out her bio page on our website at oif.link slash Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N. That's a short link to her bio on our website. She does have some availability at the moment. So if you've been through betrayal or you'd like to work with her on other issues, do feel free to reach out to her through our website at onlyyouforever.com. Or once again, the short link to her page is oif.link slash Sharon. We'd like to thank those of you who become patrons between this recording and our previous one. David has come on board. We appreciate you joining us, David. Welcome. And a big thank you again to all of our patrons who support us month to month, make this show possible and help us reach more and more marriages every week. And we're very glad to be able to do that. We feel honored by your support and contributions. So thank you for that. And again, we want to shout out a thank you to those who left us a review on iTunes since we last recorded. This one is titled The Best Marriage Podcast Out There. Five stars from Jackie in ATL. Maybe that's Atlanta. I'm not sure. And she writes, Caleb and Verlinda are the best. Lots of sound research-based advice. So much great content. My husband and I have listened to so many of your podcasts over and over. We have great discussions and they have been instrumental in helping us in our marriage to grow closer to each other. They've helped us to understand ourselves and each other better than we ever have. 42 years married and we are now in the best season of life ever. Thank you for your help. Love you guys. Well, that is an awesome and very encouraging review. Thank you so much, Jackie, and God's richest blessings on your marriage, and good for you guys. 42 years married and still willing to learn and to keep trying and making it work better. That's awesome. Really cool. So next thing we're talking about uh, next week, God willing, and uh, Verlinda's health permitting, we're talking about things to think about before you start making babies. Again, hoping to record that one with Verlinda back here with us, so your thoughts and prayers for her are appreciated as she continues to recover. And that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 209. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. 